Welcome to the Impact Columbus podcast. This season, we are focusing on stories, mom stories, dad stories, grandparent stories, kids stories, all the stories. This story is one about babies who just won't sleep. Can I get an amen? <laughs> we'll be talking not just about the don'ts of unsafe sleep, but also the do's so we can put the sleep back into safe sleep. And also a bit about how to breastfeed and practice safe sleep. It can be done. I'll let my guests go ahead and introduce themselves, starting with Christy. Hi, ladies. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here. So my name is Christy Roberts, and a little bit about me. I consider myself a fun-loving mommy. I live in Hilliard, Ohio, and I am a pediatric sleep consultant for Little Sleepers, Big Dreamers, Pediatric Sleep Consulting. Um, I am very passionate about helping families get the sleep they need to achieve their dreams. I often say that sleep is my superpower, but truthfully, it wasn't always that. About 10 years ago, I struggled with sleep. When we were welcoming my first child, we read the books because that's what you do. Um, you ask all of your friends what it's going to be like, and we felt prepared until she got here. And then, you know, we were trying to troubleshoot and we started to get, you know, frustrated because we were struggling. And it was kind of through that process that I realized that sleep is kind of a puzzle. And until those puzzle pieces are in the right alignment, it makes it hard to see lasting success. You have to align those puzzle pieces to really establish that healthy sleep habit. And once we did that, we really started to reap those benefits and it just truly ignited a passion of mine to help families achieve that same goal. And so after years of helping family and friends in 2016, I actually became a certified pediatric sleep consultant and opened my own business, Little Sleepers, Big Dreamers, Pediatric Sleep Consulting. And it's through that business that I work with families from all over the United States that have a little one that's five years and younger. And I help them when they're struggling with those sleep challenges. Um, we like to develop a plan to get them on the right track. And then I can support them through that implementation of the plan. And I'm thankful to be able to work with those families. And I'm excited to get to talk to your audience today. Awesome. Thank you so much. And full disclosure, Christy has helped me with my own infant and his uh, sleep issues. So we'll talk more about that in a second, but she is legit. I will say that. Um, and then Miss Sarah Brigman, if you want to kind of introduce yourself. Sure. Um, I'm Sarah Brigman. I'm a nurse and an IBCLC in the birthing center at Columbus Regional Hospital. Um, I've been a nurse for 11 years now, and um, I've worked in the lactation department for four and um, have been an internationally board-certified lactation consultant for the past two years. So I have four kids of my own. I have um, twins, a four-year-old and a one-year-old. And I thought I would just be blessed with good sleepers, at least one out of the four children. And none of them have been good sleepers. <laughs> but luckily, I um, got a hold of Christy, and I was able to establish good heat, sleep habits. So that's why I'm here to talk about how breastfeeding, you can successfully breastfeed and be a good sleeper too. Yeah. I think every, so I, everybody knows I have four small kids as well. Uh, our, our twins are the same age as Sarah's. And then we have a five-year-old real spicy little fella. And then, uh, now two-year-old who now sleeps very well. Thank you. Christy sleeps for the night, like 12 hours. It's amazing. Still naps. It's the best. But, um, I think 
anytime I talk, I get into a group of women who have small children. Um, the topic always goes to like, okay, how's your baby sleeping? And if you don't have a baby, you can then chime in with how awful your baby slept. Like, it's like a thing that we all do. I think we all kind of go to that. And it, it feels like in these conversations, even people who don't have little babies anymore, they're like, oh, my kids, they, 30 years ago, I had a baby that didn't sleep. So it marks us deeply as mothers and probably dads too, but mostly moms. moms. <laughs> I can say that, right? Um, so when, you know, when we had our difficulty, I was to the end of my rope with that. Joe had had a, a hard RSV season, which I think I talked about in an earlier podcast. But then after that, he just like never fully recovered. He never really got really good sleep. And eventually, like I was literally just, I think I posted on Facebook, like this kid doesn't sleep at all. What am I going to do? And a friend who had used Christy reached out to me and she's like, you should just talk to this lady. I was like, okay. I would do anything for one night of sleep, let alone like if it changes everything, like cool, but just one night would be great. So uh, Christy and I worked together. Um, it was really a friendly um, experience. It wasn't like, I was worried it was going to be all cried out yeah. too. I think that's a misconception that a lot of people have about sleep training. Um, and I was nervous about that, but I was just so desperate. So um, I think that that has changed a lot of things because I was, you know, we were nursing too and trying to figure all that piece out. And it's just so hard. Like everything about it being a new mom is so stinking hard. And why is that? It doesn't seem fair. And it doesn't matter how many babies you have. Yes. It doesn't, I mean, every baby's different and the situation's different. So you have to kind of change as you go too. Yes. Like why? <laughs> like you think you got to like figure it out. four babies in, you can figure this out by now. That's right? what I kind of thought. Like by my fourth kid, surely I would get a sleeper. No. no, but the thing is you don't, you still have the first three. Yeah. They didn't go anywhere. No. <laughs> That's what I told you. Cause I had twins first and then they're like, Oh, aren't you glad you only have the one this time? No, I still have the two. Like they didn't go anywhere. Right. <laughs> anyway. Um, we kind of all touched on, on our experiences with our kiddos and our breastfeeding journey, but I think it would be really helpful if we could kind of talk through like what's normal for new babies as far as sleep. Cause I think that's another topic that comes up a lot with moms is just, you know, how's your baby sleeping? How's it? We do it with like, people just had a baby literally two days before. So is he sleeping through the night? Yeah. No, Aunt Rhonda. Like, that's not a thing. Please stop asking that. So I didn't know, Christy, if you kind of speak to that as far as what's, what's normal. Um, and maybe kind of touch on the breastfeeding side of that too, and how that kind of plays together. Yeah. So, um, thanks for the kind words. I think sleep is different for every child at every age. And as parents, you know, we want the best for our children. So I think that's why we second guess all the things. And, you know, good sleep means getting the right quantity of sleep, but also the best quality of sleep. And you can tell, even us adults, when you got really good quality of sleep, you wake up happy, you feel well rested, and you probably see it in your little ones too, the difference that it makes. You're right. Newborns should not be sleeping long stretches. They need to eat. And that's what they're supposed to be doing. Eating, sleeping, going to the bathroom, and doing it all again. And as they start to get older, then sleep starts to lengthen. It starts to consolidate. But it's kind of, um, you know, they have to wait till their bodies are biologically ready to those things. Can't rush things like that, you know, um, just like they're not ready to eat solids right away. They're not ready to sleep all night right away. Um, like I said, every, every baby is different, but truth 
hopefully focusing on, um, you know, the best quality and the quantity of sleep. But even at six months, um, most babies aren't sleeping all night long. And when I think of all night, I'm thinking long stretches, like 12 hours. Now at six months, they should be starting to sleep longer stretches of sleep, but it's not developmentally appropriate for a, you know, two month old to be sleeping, you know, you, those, those long stretches um, or that all night as well. And I think, you know, when in doubt, always reach out to your pediatrician um, before trying to do any sort of screening, especially at that young of an age. Yeah. I think that, that hits on a lot of things. I don't know if, if Sarah, you wanted to chime in as far as kind of like how the breastfeeding piece, it, those kind of dovetails into that. Cause I feel like it's, it's a conversation that really goes well together. So, well, you know, babies have to breastfeed frequently. We want to see weight gain and we want to see consistent weight gain. So if babies are going longer stretches, we're go going to probably see a baby not gain weight as well, but we're also going to have probably have a mom that's going to start to have clogged ducts and mastitis issues. And those aren't fun to deal with if your baby's nursing well and you're, you know, so we want to make sure that babies are waking up to eat. When I see a mom that's telling me that, well, my baby's going five hours and now I have a hard lump in my breast. Well, your baby's, you know, three weeks old. That's probably wise because baby needs to be removing milk frequently so that you have a good supply too. Mm -hmm. So supply and demand. Supply and demand. It's like your body was made to do that. Yes. It's crazy bananas. But um, I think there's a lot of like misconceptions about infant sleep training. I know I had some before because I mean, it took me to my fourth kid to to interact with a sleep training consultant, pediatric sleep consultant. I'm not calling you the right thing, Christy. I apologize. Um, and I, we did things along the way that felt like sleep training, but they I googled things, and that was probably not the best way to do it. So I don't know if you could clear up, you know, kind of myths about what it is, what it's not, um, and and what people could expect in that, and, and why it would be important. Yeah, I think that's. Um, I think many parents. Um, recognize when their child's not sleeping, that they're cranky and they're overtired. And, you know, they're focusing on doing what's best for their child. They recognize that they need sleep. And I do think sleep is a need. And maybe they're just tired and overwhelmed or not really sure how to help their child get that sleep. So um, I think one of the misconceptions is that sleep training is just applying a method. I'm going to do one of these methods that I found on the internet. And I really think that you might see short-term success, but sleep training is really to achieve a healthy habit for your child, a lasting healthy habit. So I think it's more than just applying a method. I think it's kind of aligning some of those puzzle pieces, making sure that the schedule is biologically um, and developmentally appropriate for your child. And, you know, the environment is safe. They're well fed. Um, and when all of those pieces that correlate with sleep are in the right alignment, then I think applying the method as part of the plan really helps to set, you know, the family up for success. So I like to focus on kind of getting the child biology on our side. So setting up their biological sleep clock, which means their body 
wants to go down for sleep easily because it's ready for sleep. And that helps them get that good quality of sleep too. And we start to see those happy wakings. So getting their biology on our side during the process. And then the behavior change is the other piece. Honestly, it's a little bit of the child's behavior, a little bit of the parent's behavior too. And helping them to really succeed at becoming an independent and confident sleeper. And I think that's how you establish this lasting, healthy sleep habit. So misconception is that it's just applying a method. Patty, you also mentioned another misconception that it's going to involve lots of crying, sometimes on both sides of the door, parents included. And it doesn't have to. I do think that crying might be involved as babies cry. They talk to you. They cry because they're hungry. They cry because they're tired. Um, And not all crying is the same. And I really think that when you align those pieces, you're allowing your child the opportunity to succeed. And so it doesn't have to, and it shouldn't involve lots and lots of prolonged crying. Um, Oftentimes, sleep challenges, not sleeping through the night, short naps, not sleeping well, involve a lot of crying. So aligning those pieces to get over that hurdle, you know, that's, that's what I view sleep training as. Appreciate that. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of crying on both sides of the door in our situation. So, um, and I, I, I think when you're kind of talking about getting them in that rhythm, at least for me and probably for every parent you've worked with, sleep is so important for a kiddo, but it's also really important for an adult. Like, I don't think we talk about that at all, but like we were at the point where we were like losing our ever loving minds because we were so exhausted. And so we weren't able to be fully present, wonderful parents to that kiddo or any of our other kiddos. So I think that was, it was nice to have an outside person kind of like help us reorder that. Like, I I don't think I could rationally think of a plan at that point because I was so tired. It was so overwhelming Yes. when you were in that situation to figure out you have all of this information, but how do I actually apply it? Mm -hmm. I mean, and then once I did Christy's tips, it was like, he whimpered like twice and he was like asleep. And I was like, who is this child? Right. What, you know, like, but I needed somebody else to be like, this is how you can get here. Mm-hmm. And it was magic. <laughs> Christy's a wizard. <laughs> no, but I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, it wasn't anything that was so like mind blowing. Like there wasn't really like magic involved, but it was like, I needed an outside yeah. person to show me how to do it because I was so exhausted. I could barely function yeah. anyway. So I think that that's, and he was still getting up at night. Yeah. I mean, my kid was like eight months old, greater than 99th percentile. He still needed to nurse in the middle of the night. And that was okay. But he wasn't taking up two hours of my evening trying to get him to sleep. Yeah. And I think that's sometimes some of the issues too. It's not only that they're waking up, but then how long it takes you to get a baby to sleep. Yeah. And I think also one of the things that sold me on it was it, we are teaching them how to sleep, which is true regardless of whether or not you work with a sleep consultant or not. But any, any time that you put your kiddo down to sleep, like you're teaching them, this is how we go to sleep. And if you do, you know, nurse them to sleep, or if you do, you know, rock them to sleep or sing them to sleep, then that's their like groove. That's their thing. And it's really hard, the deeper that groove gets to get them out of that. And I think that was something that if ever I had a fifth child, (laughs) 
um, things would be different <laughs> from the outset. And I think that that helps a lot. Now that I, I see how, you know, being really intentional about sleep can change that pattern. Um, if I'd known that, oh, there are a lot of things. If I'd known that before, I would have done things differently, but that's one of them for sure. Um, I didn't know if we kind of like skip over to, cause I think there's a lot of play here between like behavior and you know, not parental choices, but how, how you, um, take care of your kiddos. There's a lot of overlay between, um, you know, how we feed our babies and how that plays with sleep because you have to feed a lot of them at night when we as human beings like to sleep. Um, and, and if you're an adult who has been otherwise living your life and sleeping all night long, this becomes an issue, right? Um, and I, I think there's a lot of tension in the world of maternal and child health between breastfeeding and safe sleep. And I, I've always struggled with that because I think they're both really, really hard. And I think we're putting women in these situations and men, but mostly women, um, where they feel like they have to choose between safe sleep and breastfeeding. Um, and I, I just don't think that that's true. But I didn't know, Sarah, if you kind of speak to, you know, if a mom's going to committed to breastfeeding and is committed to practicing safe sleep, like what does that look like? I think the biggest thing is establishing where the baby's going to sleep and it should be in her room, but it shouldn't be in her bed. Um, you know, having a bassinet or a crib beside your bed is the best place probably to have it so that you're close to baby. You can hear baby and probably baby will smell you too so that you can get up easily to feed, but then you can also get baby back into the crib safely. We, you know, it's very easy to fall asleep when you're nursing. I mean, you're sleep deprived. So it doesn't matter if you're bottle feeding or breastfeeding, you're sleep deprived because you're still getting up in the middle of the night to feed your baby. Um, but then, you know, the hormones make you sleepier when you're breastfeeding. So, um, you know, and also letting your support person know that just because you're supplying the milk doesn't mean that they get off of sleeping through the night, like they can do the diaper changes and they can do the rocking back to sleep when they're the newborns and consoling them and the burping um, so that you can kind of get a little bit of your sleep after that period of time when you're awake, but definitely putting them back in a crib. You know, if you have to, like I had to get up to sleep, I could not nurse in bed. Like that was just my thing. It was just, so I had to get to the recliner, but that wasn't and I love baby snuggles. There's nothing better than like a baby sleeping on your chest, but that didn't like, but then you have to put the baby back because you shouldn't be sleeping in a recliner either with your baby. Yeah. I think one of the best pieces of advice I heard, you know, during that was if you're going to nurse your baby at night, find like a hard backed chair where if they fall, they're not going to get wedged between, you yeah. know, you and the recliner, which is so hard because you're exhausted. And yeah. And I, that's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. And I, you know, I think that a lot of people don't talk about this, but like I fell asleep nursing my baby. Like I did. And it was terrifying every time it happened because it was always like, oh my gosh, I could, like a really bad outcome could have happened. Um, and that was really scary for me. So I think once I heard that, I was like, okay, that's something that I, I feel like I have a little bit more control over and that makes me feel a little bit better. I'm a little bit of a control freak. Like I think most moms are, I don't know. It's just, you're in charge of this other human being and that's really hard, but I, I like that a lot. Um, and that room sharing versus you know, having to walk down the hallway to put them back in their bed, those 10, 15 steps in the middle of the night <laughs> seem like, especially if a baby has been cluster feeding and you're like, I don't want to move the baby because the baby's going to wake up. If you can like do one of these versus having to get up and walk somewhere, it, it is 
different, you know, yeah. you have a better chance of making that, that was, transition. I had like a visceral reaction to you saying a cluster feeding <laughs> and then having to put a, like a sleeping baby back down. It's like laying down a bomb, right? I like haven't had to do that in over two years, but I felt that deeply in my yeah. bones, like the, the fear of yeah. like, you hold your breath and you just really hope they don't wake up. And then you just stand there like, yeah. And then you're so anxious. I think that that kind of plays into it too. You're so anxious for them to wake up the next time that you don't sleep. Cause you're just like, well, as soon as I fall asleep, it's going to wake right back up. Yeah. I don't know the fix for that. It's just really hard. I still have that problem. Why do I fall asleep now? If one of my kids is going to wake up in two hours, like I should probably just watch a trashy TV show <laughs> and stay awake. And then I'm like, no, that's not healthy. Go to bed. You need that sleep. <laughs> sleep. I feel like we should make it like a, like get a dollar every time somebody right. says it. I don't know. I say the word sleep so often now in my life. Uh, I do get to sleep now, which is lovely. But um, I think that's really helpful. And, you know, talking about those transition points and the feeling I just have in my chest about like laying a baby down. Do you have any practical tips for us, Christy, without, I don't want you to give away all your secrets because you worked hard for those secrets, but just about, you know, what are, are some things people could try if they have a really cranky, fussy, awful, not awful. They're not awful. They're wonderful babies, but just a bad sleeper. Higher need. Yes. Higher need. Higher need. Yeah. Well, I think you guys, you know, kind of mentioned a couple of things. Like we often think like breastfeeding, feeding our baby, whether it's breast or bottle, and sleep and caring for our baby, like we're just told that those things are just supposed to happen and they're supposed to be easy and natural and they're not always. And I think kind of recognizing that um, they're not easy and, you know, just like with breastfeeding, if you have to kind of diagnose what is not working, make the tweak to get it to be successful. Sleep is sleep is the same way. Um, and asking for help is not a bad thing. You know, ask for help, whether it is Googling or, um, you know, seeking out your lactation consultant or a sleep consultant, ask for help. Um, or even your partner in the middle of the night, I'm too tired to, you know, burp the baby. Can you help me? Always asking for help. Um, because, I'm a better mom when I'm well rested. Um, in terms of thinking about sleep and how you can start to correct things that you're kind of going through, I think making sleep a priority is really helpful. So if and when you're ready, then committing to making sleep a priority, recognizing, all right, we're kind of going through something. So we're going to start to focus on on sleep and making it a priority for our child. Focusing on that environment, of course, always putting them down in a safe space. In our home, we were fortunate enough to have a pack and play that we could have downstairs. So during the day, I could put the shade, I could be down in the pack and play, you know, alone on their back with nothing else in that pack and play, and I could rest on the couch. So I was still in the same room, practicing safe sleep. So having, um, you know, that as an option. So always safe sleep, putting them down in a cool, dark and quiet environment. So adding some white noise in case the dog barks, they're not startled by it. Um, and then also 
as you're ready, start to allow for a little bit more independence with your little one. Not always feeding them to sleep, allowing them to start to put themselves down for sleep as well. Um, And also looking at their schedule. So making sure that they are on a schedule that is developmentally appropriate. You're not going to see success if you're forcing your six-week-old on two-nap schedule. That's, That's not appropriate. There might be days where that little one is struggling with sleep and they're only taking two naps, but they're not yet ready to be on a consistent sleep schedule until they're closer to four months of age. So that's where you'll start to see some more consistency develop. And at four months of age, you can do more formal sleep training. So looking at their schedule, adjusting their schedule, and when in doubt, lean into early bedtimes. You ladies know I love early bedtimes. I should have a bumper sticker that says it. (laughs) You really should. It's funny, like we say that at our house all the time, like we're leaning into an early bedtime today. (laughs) And it's been two years. I think just with, you know, being busy and being exhausted, it's hard to do all the things. And before we know it, bedtime starts to get later and later. And for even us adults, you know, I'm guilty of it. Sometimes I stay up watching something, you know, on TV and I should have went to bed. And that sleep debt starts to impact us and we need more sleep. So leaning into those early bedtimes for your little ones and for parents as well, I think can be really helpful. We catch so much flack because Joe still goes to bed at like 6.30 and people are like, can we hang out? I'm like, oh, well, we, we could hang out at 5.30. But we got to be home by like six. And sometimes we push it. I mean, he's older now, so he's a little bit more adjustable. But people are like, you you put your kid to bed at 630? Well, if we can, yeah, that's always the goal. I mean, he doesn't actually like go to bed, go to bed till closer to like 7, 730. But that's when the process starts. So, yeah. But it works, right? So, like, we were saying, like, you we were like, who does that? That's weird. We eat dinner at like four. Like, this is silliness early birth specials. But then it worked. And so we're like, heck yeah, we will lean into an early bedtime every time. And now he's older. And I'm like, oh, I guess we probably could let him stay up till seven. (laughs) One of the things that you mentioned, Chrissy, that I think is important to remember, especially like when you're in the thick of it is a four month old shouldn't be sleeping 12 hours at night. Um, and that's, you know, not developmentally appropriate that they should still be waking up to feed. Um, so it's not that when it's, when you're ready to sleep train, that baby might not be ready. And, you know, not even from a breastfeeding perspective, but just from a baby, like developmental perspective, that's, that's not what they're supposed to do. So a sleeping like longer stretches is the goal at that point, not going the 12 hours. And I think that's what, that's a good point with sleep training. You know, I leave it up to my, my parents, um, because some babies, I mean, you guys know your baby the better than I do. I can help you with the sleep, but ultimately you guys are the parents and, um, some little ones are ready sooner for longer stretches. And that could be all night. Others, like if I'm working with a four month old and they still, you know, need two feeds at night, we're going to close, but we want to see that overall quality of sleep improve. And I often think that that impacts the quality of their feeds too, because they start to get better feeds because their body is allowing time for digestion and they're feeling well rested. They're not just snacking 
you know, because they're uncomfortable and tired. Absolutely. Mm, that also brought back some visceral feelings too. <laughs> oh, maybe I wasn't ready to do this episode yet. I don't know. I just haven't processed all my feelings about having babies. Goodness gracious. Um, Christy, I didn't know if you had uh, like a, a website that you would recommend as far as looking at what's developmentally appropriate. I know we always say, you know, check with your pediatrician, but if people were looking for just a good guideline for where kiddos should be. Yeah. I usually try to go to the American Academy of Pediatrics, so the AAP. I think that they do a good job of putting out safe information, so provide parents with a variety of other health tips um, that are, you know, appropriate too. So always consulting with your pediatrician, utilize your resources. Um, but if it doesn't feel right, it might not be the safest options too. So do your research. Yes, you can find anything on the internet, but I would, you know, vet those resources. Um, something like the American Academy of Pediatrics, I think is a really good one. And Sarah, same question for breastfeeding resources. So, I mean, like you said, I could find anything on the internet that could support whatever I want, right. but what is a good resource for these moms? Um, well, I think talking maybe to one of your local lactation consultants, because she, you know, a lactation consultant can work with you for breastfeeding, but they can figure out if there's a, like, basically, is it a baby not transferring milk issue and that's why they're waking up a lot? Or is it baby just needs to learn how to sleep. Um, and then they can work with you independently. But um, La Leche League is a great resource. American Academy of Pediatrics um, is another one. Nurse and Chat, if you're local to Columbus, is a great place to go to for breastfeeding help. Um, and it's run by an IBCLC. So um, she can always give you good resources for your situation too. Just underscore that. Yeah. Uh, nurse and chat. Wonderful resource we have here. So uh, someday I'll have Natasha back on and we can chat Tuesdays, about that. Tuesdays, Fridays, 9 to 1130 at Mothering Essentials. It will change your life. Yes. Just, I don't know. I feel like I've had my life saved by those people and you people and it's just wonderful. Um, one thing I kind of wanted to touch on too, it's not in the notes and I didn't ask ahead of time. So, but it's not like a pop quiz, I promise. It's just, um, I think bringing back all these memories is really underscored this as well, is just how hopeless I think people sometimes feel in these situations. So when their kiddos aren't sleeping, when their kiddos aren't feeding, or it feels like they're, they are personally failing because breastfeeding's not going well or sleeping's not going well. Um, and I think that's really the social work side of me is that how do we, if a mom is watching this and she's made it this far <laughs> and her baby's not screaming and needing her attention, what would you say to these moms that are just feel like they're kind of stuck in that place. Oh, geez. Well, you're doing a great job. I mean, you're loving your baby and that's the number one thing that you need to do is love your baby and keep your baby safe. And we can help you with those other things that there's resources available for you. Love it. Christy. I mean, I think that recognizing that you're tired, they're tired, or something's a little off with feeding is the first step. You're doing a great job. You're acknowledging that something doesn't feel right. Or if something's not feeling right with you, reaching out to, um, you know, talk to somebody that could help to identify any sort of postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression. Asking for help is the bravest thing you can do. And it's the thing you do for yourself and for your child. It's not a bad thing. We all need help. I didn't learn everything I know all by myself or just by the internet, right? Like you need, you need to reach out and, and get 
some help and utilize your resources. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that that intersection between not being able to sleep and mental health and postpartum depression is so huge. And, you know, if you're trying to do all the things and you're nursing and you're taking care of your other kids, it feels like, you know, moms are not getting poured into a lot of times. But also, I think remembering that it's a short sliver of time, like it feels like it's never going to end when you're in the thick of it. And if you have a lot of kids, really, literally, <laughs> just like it's never going to end. But I think coming out of the other side of this, now that, you know, our kids are a little bit older, we have that perspective. Of, okay, yeah, it was really, really hard. And I, I remember how hard it was, but we're on the other side. Like my kid was not nursing anymore. And, you know, that was a successful thing. Um, and he can sleep now. And I think that, that there's hope there for those moms. Cause sometimes it feels like it's really not. So, um, well, lastly, Christy, if these folks want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to find you? Sure. So my website is uh, littlesleepersbigdreamers.com. Um, you can find me that way. I also, you know, have the same handle for Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, but, you know, reach out, let me know if you have any questions. I would love to hear from you guys. And I'm truly passionate about helping families because I'm reaping the benefits of a well-rested family. I love being able to connect with other moms and other parents that are now reaping the benefits as well. So um, that's that's what they can do is littlesleepersbigdreamers.com. Find me there. Thank you. And then Sarah, I know we talked about Nurse and Chat and the leche. Is there any other local resources that we need to let moms know about? Um, well, they can always call the um, breastfeeding department or the lactation department at Columbus Regional. There's somebody in the office every day of the week if they have questions. Um, What's the phone number? Um, 812-375-3545 is our office. Um, we're seeing patients in the hospital, so leave a message and we will get back to you if we don't answer. Give us, you know, a couple hours. Um, there's um, several good private lactation consultants if you are needing one-on-one -on -one breastfeeding help. And we give all the moms that information when they're in the hospital. But obviously, there's a lot that they forget um, so that they can always um, go to the Healthy, Co um, Healthy Communities Coalition, Breastfeeding Coalition page, and that they can find that information too. Awesome. So lots of good information out there. Well, I really appreciate you ladies joining me. It's been relatively painless, I hope for you. Um, lots of really good information shared and I know we're going to help some moms. So thank you very much. Thank you. It was fun. All right.